Ivy and the CIA, an interview with Jan Osborne. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. We have with our guest, Jan. Hi, Jan. Hi, I'm Jan Osborne, and I met the love of my life, late in my life. We're like high school sweethearts. We've been married about seven years, and I live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I have experienced the hurricane deal. But anyway, I uh, grew up in Michigan, went to, uh, I graduated from Oklahoma High School, which is right next to Michigan State University. I left home right away. And through my experience, I have become a lifetime sales and marketing entrepreneur. I've always had an uplifting attitude and a love for life. And through, through my experience, I've had a lot of challenges thrown at me, and which I had to pivot, but I never give up. I, everything happens for a reason and, and the reason is always good. And I never, I never, uh, I never take it bad. I always look at the, the good side. I might, you know, y'all might, we all might cry for like a minute and then go, Oh, look at a new door is going to open. That's, that's my attitude towards life. Jan, uh, my name is Dan. It's very nice to meet you. Um, for all of our guests or for many of our guests, Ivy is great at knowing a lot of people and bringing them to us and introducing them to our audience. So I am getting to know you as our audience is getting to know you through this experience and through this conversation we're about to have. Um, what do you do right now? Like what is your profession or what is your, um, like the thing that you do most often that may be interesting to the audience? Well, because when I had Jan's patio furniture in Oklahoma city for 20 years and somebody came along and helped me with my credit card processing, I saved over $20,000 a year in fees. So uh, that made me want to like look into that. And so through a course of events, that's what I have challenged myself to learn and help others with through my knowledge. Are you a consultant? Do you own your own company? What's your situation? I'm a consultant. I own my own company. I work with multiple companies and I help people uh, get rid of the bad fees, save the most they can, have a better uh, bottom line. I want people to stay in business. I care about their business. I care. I, I, I'm, my integrity won't let me uh, allow them to be, if I, if, I can, if I can help them get rid of these terrible fees, that's my, that's my desire. That's my passion is to help people with their business financially. Like they helped me. Ivy and I are both business people. Uh, we both have our own coaching practices. And um, so we charge people money, right? So that's important, I think, to any business person. So it's great to hear what you do. Um, so Ivy and I both as coaches, one of the questions that we like to ask people is, is thinking about um, like maybe things you held back on in life or things that you wish you would have done or things you wish you would have could have had. But maybe you're like, eh, why try? That's never going to happen for me. So this first question comes from like, if I was a genie though, and I could grant you just one wish, what would that wish be? But I'm going to throw a, a caveat into it. You can't wish for more wishes because that's kind of like cheating the system. And you can't wish to become like the wish giver, like the genie. So this is more of uh, like, oh, uh, I would want that or be able to have that. What would that be? I totally know. I, I want to be healthy from today till the rest of my life till I die. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be in the hospital. I just want to be healthy. That's my biggest wish. That's beautiful, Jan. To follow on to that, 
If you had a time machine and you could visit your younger self and offer advice, what would it be? I think we should always raise others up and make them feel special. You, you reap the benefits by doing that when you see their smiles come back at you. I don't know if you're a reader. Everyone gets into books or doesn't get into books. Some people just like TV and movies and stuff. I'm, I, for one, I'm into uh, audiobooks. So I'll say I'm a reader because I listen to audiobooks. I actually listen to them in double speed so I can get through them twice as fast. But in any case, if you're a reader, I'm going to jump to a hypothetical. Let's say you were, you were sentenced to a life, you had a life sentence, you're in jail, and the warden said, Jan, you only get one book for the rest of your life as you spend this time in prison. You already answered you'd be healthy, so you're going to be healthy for a long time as you remain in prison. What's the one book you bring with you because you only get one book in prison, and why is that the book you chose? A Course in Miracles. It's the most dynamic book. It takes you can study it over and over and over and over, but the end result is that where there's fear, there's not love. Where there's love, there's no fear. It's kind of like a Bible, but not a, but not a Bible, but a Bible. What was your biggest takeaway? How long have you been studying the Course in Miracles? My whole life. My dad's a unity minister, and unity always studies it on kind of on the side. But I've, I've grown to find some people online that are studying it, so we kind of share uh, ideas. But it's really all about uh, real, real life, real, like recognizing that the reality of life is this. It's, it's all good. It's all, it's all God. It's all blessings. It's all love. That's awesome. To follow on to that, what is one of your biggest failures and what did you learn from it? When I had Jan's patio furniture, I really, I overextended myself financially and I messed up. And so when 2008 hit, I didn't have a backup plan. So that my 20 years was over, but it was enjoyable. It was a good ride. I, I, I would do it again, but I, now I know you have to have a backup plan when you own a business. You're in the business now of saving people money. It sounds like you deal with consulting or helping them with credit card processing and things like that. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So um, I'm sure as you try to be helpful and save people money, people are going to tell you what they're hearing from other people who are in your industry, competitors, people like that. What's the thing that you keep hearing and you're like, no, 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 that's not good advice. Or there's, there's some tactic there, a bait and switch or, or some delusion that they're trying to offer you because they're trying to win your business or tell you what you want to hear. What is the thing you keep hearing? And then what advice would you kind of counteract that with? So like the bad advice and then what would you tell them in return? There's always deception. There's deception out there from almost everyone with my integrity. I try to go in and do the best I know how to, to show them the reality and what, what can, what can be possible. It's their choice. I, they're, they're in the driver's seat. I'll let them do the driving. I just give them multiple ideas and choices and I would never ever put anybody with a company that would charge bad fees or charge hidden fees or do the crappy things that I see out in the industry. To clarify that a little further, are there specific ways that though the people are charging these fees, but they're, they're sugarcoating it or they're 
representing it in a way that seems like, oh, that's actually in your best interest to go about it this way. And then you can reveal to people now and so they can hear it and go, no, 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 here's what they're saying. And that's not reality. That's bad advice. And here's the actual reality behind the scenes that I can tell you as an insider. That my customers do get um, other people come along and they all call me. They say, Jan, so-and-so can give me this rate. And I said, well, yeah, you could get that rate for maybe six months. But after six months, they're going to raise your rate. And they're probably going to raise it twice, as, twice a year. So do you want that? Or you want that lower rate for six months? Or do you want to be on a consistent low rate the entire, your entire life? So for you, it's uh, realizing that it's looking at the long-term big picture and not just looking at the short-term win that they could get. Like anybody could almost like get them into short-term thinking like, oh, we're cheaper, but they're cheaper now. And they're not thinking about like how that might change in the future, but you can allow people to see like, no, you're not trying to win now. You're trying to win long-term and stay in business. Is that accurate? Exactly. Cause they'll throw in fees like the hide them or they'll throw in fees that don't even, they don't even deserve. They'll give them, a real high cancellation fee though, like they can't bail for three years unless they pay like $1,500 or some ungodly thing. Um, there's all kinds of things that they'll throw in, but fool you into thinking it's really a low rate. Thank you so much for sharing that piece of advice. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? My coaching, my mentors, my reading, my studying, my read. I'm a, I'm a mega researcher. When, if you come to me and you say, Jane, I'm with so-and-so, will you look at my credit card processing or will you look at my business and tell me your opinion? I research. I, I, I research to the very end, end result until I can bring that information to you so you can make your own decision. No one ever chooses a bad way of credit card processing or a bad uh, business decision. They don't choose that if they just get fooled or they don't think about it. They don't research. I do the research. So has there been a, a person you can look back on or a group of people that you feel has made a big impact on your life and in your business? My mom. My mom, she was precious. She was... Um, loving. She always had the right answer for me. She was my life mentor. I would come home from high school and my friends would be hanging out with my mom. I'd be like, hi, I, did, you, did you come to see me? They're all, no, we came to see your mom. What advice did your mom give you that sticks with you today? When she died, she made me promise to always radiate love from my heart with everything in my life love she said love like like the way i used to love my dog they got hit by a car and i cried she said love love like that every, every just have it flow from your heart ivy and i are constant uh people who when we're trying to help people in coaching and i'm sure you coach people a lot it's that uh we really just look back and we can look at the present state of their life and say that's a result of these things that you did prior, right? The habits, the routines, the things that you do usually on a daily basis. For you, as you kind of reflect back on your life so far, what are the things, the habits you have that you could go, like these habits have made the biggest impact for me and, and why did you pick those habits? 
my habits of self-improvement consistently self-improvement are probably my biggest ones because I can't change any circumstance in my life, but me, that's the only thing that I can change. And so by learning more ways to um, change my mindset and, and grow my self professionally, personally, it's all going to um, change everything I do, make, make me a better person in business, make me a better wife, make me a better mother. I just think um, I read a lot, I study a lot. I, I'm just obsessed with learning about self-discovery. Sounds like you're a lifelong learner. It's one, also one of my values as well. What is one of the biggest surprise that you've had in the last few months and why? That we can actually pivot when, when there's a coronavirus, we can. We can do it. We can do anything we, put, we can focus on. Anything we put our mindset on. So how have you pivoted during this time? I don't go door to door anymore. I go from video to video, so from Zoom to Zoom. I, I've had back-to-back -back Zooms on some days where it's like six o'clock and I haven't had anything to eat. <laughs> so pivoting online where a lot of people, and I agree with you, a lot of people probably if you ask them, just prior to this happening, you said, can't you do what you do online? People are saying, no, I can't, right? And then when we're kind of all forced into this, go, do you want to keep operating your business? Yes, that this is the way you got to do it. We kind of all, like you said, we adjust, we learn, we like, we make it work, right? We fit it in. So uh, no, that's great. Um, if you could think about a superpower, I'm sure you have many gifts and talents, but if you had like something you're like, oh, that would just make me phenomenal. What would be that superpower for you? What would it be? That I could just snap my fingers and have the energy that I desire. Just boom, energy. And I'm seeing a consistent theme there. So you want to stay young, stay healthy for as long as you can, and you want energy. So I'll ask you, is this a struggle for you right now? Do you, you find it you don't have enough energy? Are you struggling with health? And so that's why something that you think about or focus on in some of these answers? I do have, I do have an up and down issue going on right now. That's absolutely temporary. I'm affirming that and it's going away. Okay. What are you doing to help make some of these desires a reality for you? So you can get over this, maintain your health, not just the attitude, because you talked about you're affirming it, which is awesome. But are you physically doing certain things that people could hear and maybe go, oh, I'm struggling with something. Maybe I should do that. Are there, are there active things that you're doing? I'm actively juicing. I drink celery juice every morning because it's very cleansing. It's the most cleansing juice you can drink. Um, I juice other things. I eat only fruits and vegetables during the day. I make big, huge salads with the, everything but the kitchen sink in them. I eat uh, all organic. I eat um, one type of protein in the evening because my body needs a protein. And it's always like grass-fed beef or something wild or some fish or something. So I eat super, super, super clean. And I drink lots of water. And I have, have a water machine that gives me antioxidants in my water. Just anything I can think of. Um, where did, you, where did you get this? Um, I know there's a lot of resources out there, right? That will talk about some of the things you just mentioned. What are your resources for, for those ideas, right? Like where you go, oh, this person's a trusted advisor to me. So when I hear them talk about, 
you know, celery juice or ionizing my water or doing these different things, like you don't have to dig much deeper. You're just like, if they do it, I trust them. They have my best interest. So that, what are those resources for you that have led you to some of those actions that you're now taking? Well, actually it started with Suzanne Summers. She wrote a book on how doctors are curing cancer now. And that was when my mom had just passed and she had cancer. And so in that book, it said sugar feeds cancer. So I thought, oh, I'm just quit eating sugar. So that was about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So I stopped eating sugar. I don't even care about sugar. I eat fruits and vegetables, but I don't eat anything processed. I don't eat. Everybody says, well, don't you want a cookie? I'm like, no, I don't even like cookies anymore. Um, so interesting you say that. So um, a person close to me had what they later discovered to be a sugar addiction. And doctors have said sugar is as addictive as cocaine or any really hard drugs. And so they struggled with weight for a long time and um, had tried a thousand versions and variations of diets and programs and health activities and then realized that sugar was definitely their thing. And once they kick sugar, they've gone for, I think like 10 years without it. And a lot like you describe, right? It's, um, it's just like losing an addiction, right? Um, I'm sure there are struggles, but I think different than um, other addictions, you still got to eat, right? So there's still, it's like almost like, it's almost like an alcoholic who has to still go to the bar every day, but just not drink. So I think it's probably the hardest addiction, not say you had it, but it's the hardest thing for people to overcome. And I think like any addiction, it's probably a daily struggle. But I think like you also describe, if somebody realizes that's their thing, then um, I think it could be super impactful for them to, uh, to eliminate it altogether and not even keep it a little bit in their lives. Well, my advice is in the beginning, if you substitute a whole food for a junk food or a processed food, or just add a, add a whole food, like my mother wanted to know, how do I do this? I said, what do you eat for breakfast? And she said, I put, I put bananas on my cereal and I have milk. And I said, okay, so what more whole foods can you eat with that? And she said, oh, I could, I could probably get some berries. And I said, well, get some berries. And maybe eventually you can back less cereal and more berries and fruit. And she, she, she and I did that. And she actually went in remission for a long time going on Whole Foods with me. And then she started eating processed foods again. I can attest to the, what sugar does to the body. And it is like an addiction. It is, it can be addicting. Uh, and I know that cancer loves sugar. So when my mom came down with it, we put her on a whole food clean diet that had given her a better quality of life, knowing that it was stage four. And I know that I only had so much time with her, but it's a, it's a brave battle. And it, 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 you take a hard look at what's most important to you when you're faced with somebody you love that had to go through that. Yes. I know when the very, the very, very end, my mom couldn't get out of bed and I wanted to visit her before she died. So I said, is there any way you can eat some fruit? Just eat fruit, just eat fruit, whatever you can get down you. And I think you might feel better enough for us to come and visit you. She did it and she felt better. And so when we showed up, I took, it's on my Facebook page. We took a picture of the four generations she would have never been able to get out of bed or be with us, or, but she did that. 
And then um, we had like three really good days with her eating whole foods. Thank you so much. What is uh, one of your very best advice you can share about living your best life with our audience? It's all about mindset. Change your mind, change your life. Um, if, you, if you can't change your mind, find something that will help you get there. A meditation, a book, um, uh, a webinar, uh, something. If I, get, if I get down in the dumps, I've got to either watch a movie that makes me laugh or I have to, have to get a meditation out or something to change my mindset, to pull me out of any kind of a negativity that might present itself. As you think back to the questions we asked you, and I know we kind of jumped around to different topics and ideas, was there a question that you thought we should have asked you, something that you'd like to share about yourself that we did, you didn't get a chance to share yet? Well, I would say I didn't really, I didn't really answer the entire question of my, what habit or belief has helped me most in my life. And I think that faith is probably the habit that has helped me most in life. There was a time where I had a car wreck and I broke my face and I was, I broke my jaw and I couldn't eat for, so I couldn't work for a couple months. And during the healing process, my patio furniture store got neglected and then I couldn't pay my bills. So when I got back to work a couple of months later, I didn't have the money to pay my vendors. And so they were all gonna sue me. And I said, wait, don't sue me, I'm gonna pay you. And what I did was I couldn't buy any more furniture, so I pretended like I got new furniture by rearranging my furniture every single week until it all sold and I paid everybody off. So that was a pivot. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having you a guest on our podcast. Thank you. It was really fun. I'm glad you enjoyed me. I enjoyed you. For those people who are meeting you like I'm meeting you, and they're interested in reaching out to you, um, what would you say the type of person who should reach out to you and how, what's the best way to contact you? Business people are my, my forte, obviously, since I'm a business entrepreneur, lifetime entrepreneur. I do have a website, janosborne.com, but my email is jan at janosborne.com. And... Um, my contact information is on my LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn at slash forward slash Jan Osborne. Jan, thank you so much. The reason Ivy and I do this podcast is to let people have access to people they may have never met and there'd be no reason to come across or stumble across in life. And we just feel like the original intention of social media was to expand people's networks, right? Of influence and to meet people they may have never met. So please uh, let your friends and family or business contacts hear about like, maybe they're going to learn something about you. They've never known by listening to this podcast and maybe they get a chance to see Ivy and I for the first time. And they think, Oh, those are people that maybe I want to connect with. So we can just kind of pay it forward and expand our network of good people. And uh, for some people it's hearing you say something that they may have heard before. Maybe they're hearing for the first time and it leads them to take some action that allows them to live their best life. So we thank you so much for taking the time and to come on here. And uh, we hope that you continue to live your best life. Thank you, Dan and Ivy. Appreciate it. So very welcome. It's our pleasure. To learn more about Ivy and the CIA, 
go to ivyandthecia.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, go to dancrum.com.